Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your always humble host, Tim and Julie Harris, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Um, so shout out to all of you listening from all over the country, and I know we have quite a few listeners that are in Europe and down in Central America and um, you know South Africa, and I, I really love the fact that all of you guys have uh, come to rely on us for your real estate and information, for your education, your motivation, and getting you into action. And remember, if there's ever anything we can be doing for you guys, just request a free coaching call at free coaching calls for agents.com. Free, did I say it this right? Say it right this time, yes, Julie. You did. Yep. <laughs> free, free coaching calls for agents.com, and you can always email Julie and I directly at tim at tim and Julie Harris or Julie at tim and Julie Harris with any show suggestions. Um, interview suggestions, or if you yourself would like to be interviewed, um, we're always looking for great um, co-hosts, interviewees, anything that we can do to bring to you guys the latest and greatest and the best that there is in the real estate industry to help you along your path to success. So along those lines, we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday in a second, and the topic of today's radio show and yesterday's radio show is how to go from part-time agent to full-time superstar. There's a, and I, we uh, picked up on this show idea, by the way, from several of you, actually more than several, that suggested you make this a topic. But there's a lot of confusion out in the industry about whether or not um, you know, there should be even part-time agents allowed or, you know, whether on an individualistic yeah. basis, whether or not you should quit your job and become a full-time agent. So the focus of our show yesterday and today is to really shed light on the truth about what it takes to be successful in real estate and whether or not you should be considering making the leap. You know, I had the epiphany yesterday that there might be some people listening that are full-time agents that are actually considering yeah. getting jobs, you know, so it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it, it is so. Those all the those are all the types of things we're going to be covering and hopefully finishing up on today's show. But before we get to point number three, Julie, you had somebody you wanted to recognize, correct? Yes, and this comes via one of our great coaches, Bill Bird, who is one of our California coaches. Although all of our coaches coach agents all over the country, but this is a Bill Bird client. Uh, Bill and Jeannie Blackburn have six pending escrows now. They live in coastal Florida. They're in a resort market, and this is indeed their best month ever. So nice job to Bill and Jeannie. That's fantastic. And your coach says that you are very, very coachable. Sometimes that's the major factor, right, is not just, you know, what your natural skill is or this or that or, you know, what you're working on in particular. It's your coachability, your willingness to implement, because this was a result of the work they did in just the first three weeks of their massive action plan that Bill is holding them accountable to. So, nice job. That's fantastic. Yeah, I know Bill and Jeannie. They're fantastic agents, and, you know, it's really cool about them, too, is they have, I think, only been in the real estate industry full-time for a handful of years, and they're quickly becoming one of their market's number one agents. Uh, they're very creative. They're very innovative. They have a, a business background. They're actually the background is in the automotive industry. So when they got into real estate, they were not afraid to work hard. They were not afraid to do the actual sales uh, efforts necessary to become very successful. So hats off to you guys. Congratulations. Um, so, Julie, let's just jump right back in and pick up on point number three. 
You got it. And I appreciate that you said something about some of these guys listening might be full-time agents or they might think they're full-time but they're acting part-time. So some of our points are helping you in your decision-making process of should I stay or should I go? If I'm going to stay, what are the rules I'm going to put upon myself to hold myself accountable? And then for our real part-time people who have other jobs, you know, what needs to happen for you? So that's why this, these uh, radio shows are quite extensive. So point number three, be clear about why you're in real estate. You're in real estate because you are in it to make a profit. You provide a service and your product is profit. So do, again, do's and don'ts, do understand that this is a sales position. You are to sell real estate. Your profit is the result of the services you provide. Don't enter this business because you want to reinvent it, fix it, be more creative, innovative, have a free schedule, not have a boss, and or never be told what to do. You will fail if that is your motivating factor. Am I being too tough on that, Tim? I mean, it is a sales well, position so after all, right? <laughs> right. Well, you are that. touching on a whole bunch. Of, I, my mind is filling with book suggestions for these guys, so mm -hmm. I'm going to give them a couple, right? So there's a great book. Now, this one this one was written ages ago. It's called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. If you're newer in the real estate business or don't have a business background, you need to get that book. Pretty much everything that you'll read um, as far as team building and whatnot, I think was largely germinated from uh, the ideas that Michael Gerber proposed in that book. So it's called The E-Myth. And one of the big takeaways from The E-Myth was kind of what we touched on yesterday uh, if you think that basically becoming your own boss is somehow some sort of ticket to international lifestyle and freedom and, you know, you could basically work your own hours and, you know, you don't have a boss and there's no one barking at you, you really couldn't be further from the truth because, you know, when you have your own, like you guys, coaching clients, our coaching clients are our bosses. And, yeah, right. sometimes you guys are more demanding than the most meticulous boss that we could ever have if we work for somebody as an employee. Um, so you never get away from the idea that you're accountable to somebody. And if you think you can by being your own boss, in essence, by being an entrepreneur, you're thoroughly mistaken. And the truth is, and I touched on this yesterday, again, I'm just, you know, we're practical. We're trying to be real straightforward with you guys. Um, and those of you who have been in the real estate business for a while, you know this. Sometimes the very reason for your struggles in real estate is because you don't have a boss because you don't have somebody that's holding you some form of external accountability. And that's really where coaches come in. Uh, sometimes a lot of people will take offense. Oh, I don't need somebody telling me what to do. Yeah, you do. We all do. It helps to have somebody that's a disinterested third party, and I mean that in the sense that they're going to be objective, uh, giving you criticisms, giving you suggestions, giving you praise, giving you advice, giving you whatever you need to take yourself to the next level. Because everybody, if they're just essentially self-reliant, if they're not going to be uh, using external motivation, will, at, will plateau quickly because, really, it's too easy to rationalize being lazy. It's too easy to lull yourself into complacency. So please don't enter into this business thinking that it, it's some sort of Shangri-La where you can pick the sand out of your toes while you sit on the beach drinking tequilas all day. It doesn't work that way. Well, not if you want to make money, which, to Julie's other point, in another great book, I'll write this down, is profits aren't everything, they're the only thing. So there's two great book suggestions. Profits aren't everything, they're the only thing. Now, in that book, there are some things that are, you're going to find uh, probably uh, not 100% agreeable. Uh, just because there are maybe a couple things in the book that you do not agree with, do not throw the baby out with the bathwater, because the reality of, of the message that he is saying 
is that if you're not making profit, the profit is ultimately the litmus test of you as a business owner. And a lot of people, especially those with big teams, have settled, and I do mean that quite literally settled, for accepting less than 20% profit margins. That really is a huge mistake. When you look at your individual agents that would say one or two assistants, they're generally speaking making 50% uh, margins on their transactions, where as soon as people start building these teams without them really knowing it, their margins are eroded to the high teens, 15%, you know, percent, 20%. 20, any above 20% is unusual. So be very clear that if you're not pulling profit out of the business, uh, you're really not running an efficient business. You just Because unless you're having huge, huge numbers, millions and millions of dollars every month where 20% is a significant number, your business itself will never produce enough profit for you to create true wealth. Your business is a mechanism to create the profit necessary for you to reinvest so that you can get to the point where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. The, again, the business should be seen as, in essence, an ATM machine. And with that money that comes out of your ATM machine, you then reinvest that, and that's what makes you rich. Selling houses does not make you rich. It's what you do with the profits that come from selling houses that makes you rich. But if you don't have any profits, you're not going to be rich. It's that simple. And you again, have it. Rich, it, rich, right? Rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That's the easiest definition. You don't have to attach a dollar amount to it. The essence of it is is where your money is coming in or at least the money necessary for you to pay your bills and have a nice lifestyle where it's coming in passively. But you'll never create that unless you have profit. Julie, what's the next point? That was such an important message to get clear on. And I think a lot of the listeners need to stop right there, put a bunch of stars and highlight that point. Because that may be your sticking point. Okay, so let's give that to them but for Julie, homework. And Julie, since, since, that was a, mm-hmm. since that resonated with you, I'm curious, mm-hmm. in your opinion, right, why is it that the industry mm-hmm. doesn't – those two things, right? So, And those are some of the core founding principles of our coaching organization. Those, those are some of the core founding principles that we do our best to have every coaching client take with them forever, to understand you know, what it really means to be a business person. Why is it that you think our industry doesn't help truly uh, doesn't truly help agents to manifest that to yeah, essentially manifest financial freedom? I think that part of it is the turnover and the early burnout that this business can create because there's not enough immediate action when you're a new agent. You get your license. Nobody really takes control and says, "Here are the things that you need to focus on." Kind of like we're doing on these radio shows. It's all about, all right, who do you know? Let's get them in contract. You burn through your two or three friends, and then it's like, okay, now what do I do? And if you don't get cracking at that point, you're in danger of becoming a statistic. And I think that brokers get busy and managers get busy, and nobody really – there's just no accountability, really, at the end of the day. That's why you hire a coach. Well, isn't that it, though? Right. That's a big part of it, and especially the ones that got in because they were stressed out at their existing job or they didn't want to be told what to do, didn't want to have a boss – well, that's fine while you do your first couple of deals with people that kind of fall in your lap because they were going to move anyway and you're their friend. But once you're past that point and you have to actually run a business, that's when you actually have to take it more seriously. Well, because brokers um, and you know office managers and some, you know, Keller Williams, they call them team leaders, their primary focus uh, is on recruiting because they need to, 
to, for the reasons Julie just stated, they need to be constantly attract. Now, not every broker works on this model, but 99% of them do, whereas essentially it's, they, they call it a body shop. Get as many people yep. in because you know your turn's going to be high. Most agents are in and out of the uh, a brokerage within 24 months. Now, it, so the focus is on new agents, recruiting new agents. That's where they put all their best energies because they know ultimately, guys, they're kind of afraid of you. Brokers and office managers are afraid of their agents because the agents are independent contractors. And as independent contractors, most brokers uh, and office managers are afraid to hold their agents accountable to any standards because the agents are independent contractors and they could just get up and leave. Go somewhere or else. Many in some case, yeah, go someplace else. So that lack of a uh, direct connection between the outside accountability and the results that you're getting, guys, that is, uh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. If you're not getting what you want out of your real estate business, it's because you do need that outside accountability. I need the outside accountability. Julie needs the outside accountability. All of us do. When you have somebody, even if you're paying them a coach, that is going to be objective, that's going to help you accomplish your goals. And you guys, some of you are blessed to have brokers and office managers. When Julie and I first got in the real estate uh, industry, we had a broker. Now, I wouldn't call him a coach by any stretch of the imagination, but he did give us occasionally some really powerful advice that we still use to this day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we share that with you guys on the radio show. So at the end of the day, maybe the fact that you got into this business to have independence, to have your sense of freedom, to don't to be able to finally you know put the middle finger up to uh, to your boss, to you know have all that you have accomplished that the second you get your real estate license. Congratulations! So if your definition of a su- success is having that sense of autonomy, you have accomplished it. Congratulations! What were the other reasons you got into the real estate business? Was one of it one of the other reasons to build wealth to be rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Well, chances are that was one of your goals. And also it's probably not happening for you because of the fact that you're putting too much weight on the accomplishment of the first goal, the autonomy thing. So if you can somehow, and this is again what a coach does, put yourself back in the mindset of working as if you were an employee in essence for yourself, where your goal every single day is to drill down on three to five minimum standards that, uh, you know, over time build momentum so you're making lots and lots of money. If you can get your mind around that, you are what we term coachable, and you are somebody that probably is ready for the next level in their real estate career. So, Julie, what's the next point? Point number four is have your family and friends provide moral support. Determine who is supportive and who is not. The most difficult part of your new career is at the beginning. You'll need to have the support structure in place. So do discuss the fact that you're going to have to put in time, build your skills, you're going to try and fail, you're going to have to hire a coach, you're going to work longer hours than you have been used to for at least the uh, first few years. So be certain that your closest family and friends understand this and support you. A lot of people getting into this business never have that conversation And then in addition to struggling with your first deals in real estate and figuring out how to sell and building your skills, well, now you've got your family to deal with who doesn't understand the nature of the business because you've never talked to them about it. So do get some support. Maybe not everyone in your family is going to be supportive, but identify who will be. So do discuss the fact that you're going to put in more time, build your skills, try and fail, all those good things. Don't listen to anyone who doesn't believe in you. You don't have to make it a federal case. You just have to stop talking about what you're doing with them and recognize that they're not down with that. Move on to talk about it with someone who does support you. So I think that that 
sounds like a kind of a lightweight point, you know, talk about your family, about the fact you're in real estate, but that's such a huge thing that our coaches hear about. Sometimes the coach is the only one who actually believes in the client. That's not unusual. Back to you, Tim. No, that's true. That's true. Well, so to your point, Julie, Julie and I are strong believers in ethical bribes. <laughs> right. so here's, here's a good here's a good ethical bribe for your kids those of you with families um go to your kids and say listen mommy or daddy or <laughs> both are going to have to be buckled down for the next six months and this is what you know mommy or daddy is trying to accomplish and then say uh and, and you can even make a game of this and i'll tell you how so uh mom's going to Focus her on a real estate business, which means she's not necessarily going to be able to do this, that, and the other. So you're telling them ahead of time that you're not necessarily going to be as attentive, attentive as you'd like. Make sure you talk with your spouse or your, your other caregiver to basically, assuming there is one, to help them balance out what you're not going to be able to be there for. And just let everybody know. The mistake that people make is where they get these big ego-y, like sort of it's you know my way or the highway, I'm just going to go do it and screw the rest of you. That's not going to work, and you're going to create problems. You might accomplish your financial goals, but you're not going to have anyone to enjoy it with you. So go to your family and your kids and say, listen, I'm going to be working on my real estate practice for the next, say, year. And when I accomplish it, this is what we're all going to. This is how we're all going to benefit. And then write down what the goals are for the family. Trip to Disney World, maybe a new house you know, a puppy, whatever it is that the family right. wants. What's and important write to it all them, down. ask them. Yeah. Right. Write it all down and then uh, write the goals down. And don't make a whole bunch of them, but, you know, make it realistic too. And then post them someplace where your whole fa- entire family can see. And then you need to do a small business plan around what it needs to, what you need to do to accomplish the goal. Uh, again, if you need help with that, free coaching calls for agents.com, free coaching calls for agents.com. Like, say, for example, you want to take them to Disney World and you want to, you know, what other three or four other things are that you want to have on the list? You put a dollar amount by it. You figure out how many transactions you have to do. You write the number of transactions on the board. Do this right. You'll have to go through some other categories, personal expenses, business expenses. But then share it with your family so they can then know how many, how close you are to accomplishing the financial goal. So let's say you had to sell 15 houses to accomplish the financial goals. I... <laughs> Maybe this is annoying, but it does work. Your six-year-old asks you, hey, Mommy, how many houses have you sold? Or, hey, Mommy, you know, in order for you to, you know, in order for us to go to Disney World uh, in six months, you have to have sold five more houses. How are we doing there? That kind of interaction with your family will absolutely positively, positively reinforce uh, your accomplishment of the goals. They'll see, and just from a parental, Mm -hmm. yeah, from a parenting standpoint, they'll see that your not just a goal setter, but your goal achiever. It, for, just from you guys can let your minds blossom in all the different directions. When you pull your family in and give them a nice little ethical bribe, what happens when they support you accomplishing your goal? That's how you – now, you will find some people that give you resistance, and sometimes they're living under the same roof as you. That's normal, uh, but what will happen over time is as they see you accomplishing your goals, you then will reset uh, their expectations for themselves, and they'll follow you. We. I mean, I remember very clearly when Julie and I, in our early 20s, basically right out of college, we sold over 100 houses our first year in the business. And I know that was an anomaly, so, you know, don't benchmark yourself against us. We're freaks if you haven't figured that out by now. But I remember there were, yeah, me especially, there were family members, there were friends, there were neighbors. You know, we had a lot of people that weren't mentally and emotionally prepared 
to see Tim and Julie uh, go from essentially less than nothing financially to having in you know less than 12 months earned hundreds of thousands of dollars. In our you know more or less middle class upbringing, that sort of thing was never done. Uh, and again, we had all those headwinds from some people that uh, are in our direct families. You know, my father what, didn't know how to deal with it. So there's all these types of things that normally and are natural to happen. But what happens is over time is they'll see that you're continually successful, and, and initially their impression will be resentment because what is it, you know, why is it that you're not happy with what we have? They'll feel like you're rejecting them. I mean, there's all these different things. They may not even put head. it into words. It may just be their general attitude. So that's, that's why right. we're having this discussion on the radio with all of our listeners is so that you don't have to deal with that and that you have gotten in front of those conversations. And, Tim, you know, sometimes it comes from outside of the family too. One of my own coaching clients, um, we had this – discussion like we're having today and a few months after that she was at a big award ceremony and another agent said very obnoxiously i think well you know that's good for you that you're in the top 10 but i bet you have a terrible family life i mean just like that exactly you know but okay and so her response though because she had thought it out and had this discussion with her family was i here's what she said it was great i appreciate your concern however me and my two boys just got back from Disneyland. I already have almost all of their college paid for, and we have dinner together at least three days a week because we planned it that way. But thanks again for your concern because she had gotten in front of that conversation and was ready for it. So expect some criticism. Not 100% of the people around you, agents, family, friends, your neighbors, they're not all going to be 100% supportive. So instead of trying to get them to be, just accept the fact that not all of them will be and be ready to have some of those conversations. So, but Julie, first of all, you pl- yeah, but first of all, write this down because we need to do a radio show on this because this mm-hmm. is such a valid, incredibly powerful point because on a subconscious level, a lot of these guys are holding themselves back because they're fearful of that response. Mm-hmm. And especially yeah. if that response is going to come from the people that are closest to them, their immediate family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't know how to uh, mentally or emotionally handle it. Like your gal had thought it through, and she knew exactly what she was going to say. She had already thought it through. Obviously, her coach helped her work through that. Uh, how many of you guys right now are listening to what we're talking about and saying, okay, at some level, I'm holding myself back because I'm fearful how my fill-in-the-blank will react? I bet you at least 80% of you, maybe even more, are, are having that exact thought. It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, is that ultimately an excuse that you've created to hold yourself back from uh, actually going to the next level, to to living up to your full uh, potential, to actually becoming the person that God intended you to be? Are you just using that as an excuse and maybe it's not even valid? Or if it's valid, is it something that if you were to just basically set aside that specific person's concern, that specific person's maybe their mental issue with you becoming more successful, because ultimately what happens is when you do, in most cases, you actually are treading a path for other people to follow. That's what happened in our families because they saw, you know, normal Tim and Julie all of a sudden go in this totally different trajectory that no one would have predicted. Um, and then other people in our families saw that, you know, we, they too could become multimillionaires. They too could do things that are out of the ordinary and then it became ordinary for them to do things that were extraordinary. That same thing can happen for all of you guys, too. Free coaching calls for agents.com. Julie, what's the next point? Point number five, another ginormous point. Choose your broker wisely. Changing brokers oh, yeah. will cost you time, money, and momentum. 
take your time and interview several people so that you can make the right decision. So do choose your broker in an area that actually sells well. That may or may not be where you live. It may or may not be the town you grew up in or were relocated to. Know what you're signing up for by asking intelligent questions like, what's the average days on the market around this office? What's the list to sell price ratio? Are the schools desirable or not? How many homes sell per month and what's the price range in that area? Is there new construction around? Educate yourself before you go with that broker. Has that broker ever been involved in lots of lawsuits? What did they do before real estate? What do the agents in that brokerage think of the office? Before you sign up, do your homework because again, changing brokers, and we've had coaching clients that have been through two or three brokers a year until they found the right one because they didn't do their homework ahead of time. Don't go with a broker we, who's convenient. Go ahead. You, do you, yeah, exactly. Do you remember why originally we chose Roy Averill to be our broker at REMAX North in Worthington, Ohio? I remember he said something like, pay your bill on time and don't get sued. And that was <laughs> That's his right. Rules. That was our interview. Do you remember that? Basically, stay out of my hair. Yeah, we're <laughs> in the conference And there was no real commission split. You had your REMAX fees. but yeah. you know, And if we're being honest, right. he, the office was also – about halfway between the house I grew up in and the house you grew up in, and about an eighth of a mile from our first apartment. But <laughs> so we had inter- we, I but think we, we had- lucked out, though, but we did interview other places. But we, That's true. But we interviewed other places, The ultimate, and the other places were similarly located and had similar benefits. But the reason that we chose Rory is because he sold real estate, and he was still yes, selling real estate. at a high level, not just dabbling. That's either. right. He, he was a 100-plus right. guy for years and years and had the experience – and I, I think that that, even though he's the master of the one-line coaching, right, um, when you screw something up, he'd say, well, I guess you won't do that again, or how much did that cost you? That was his that was way his of coaching favorite. us, but it worked. Yeah, but um, I remember you and I got up from an interview when we found out that the commission split was so terrible, and we looked at each other like, are you kidding me? We're going to work that hard, and we're going to make that little? We're out of here. And we went next door and yeah. wound up there. Yeah. So, well, we don't. Yeah, let's not I mean, talk about. Let's yeah. not. Talk, let's not talk about commissions. The, 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 no, right. The the emph- the emphasis is is that those of you who are listening, who are brokers and office managers, or agents who are thinking about where you should hang your license, it really does benefit you to work with somebody who, um, like Brandon Jackson, um, you know, it, oh, he's yeah. in, has uh, the North, experience, yeah. cares about his agents, great reputation. Yeah, but he's out there every day. Yeah, yeah, he's it does out make there a every huge day. Difference. At high, you know, High Garden Real Estate, he owns one of the most successful. He's one of the most successful managers of a real estate brokerage in the country, and also he's an extremely successful agent himself. And those two things go hand in hand. The irony of it is, is that a lot of you guys who are vacillating between becoming a full-time agent or, you know, or whether you should keep your job, you really can do both at a high level. And oftentimes. The discipline of having the job, the time-blocked necessity of having to be someplace at the same time every single day, that's the same exact discipline that if you apply to your real estate practice will really pay huge dividends. Um, Maybe you can only spend uh, a solid 10 hours a week in your real estate practice. Well, I have a little little, uh, news alert for all of you. Most agents, if you're lucky, spend a solid... mm, 30 minutes a day doing things that are truly dollar productive. And, Julie, what are the things that are truly dollar productive? Remind these guys. Yes, and you guys should all memorize this list. So I'll give it to you in order of importance. Generate the lead in the first place. If you don't, the rest of the list doesn't matter. So lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, 
presenting, negotiating, and closing. Lather, rinse, repeat. That's it. Get great That's at that it. stuff, and, so, and the rest falls in place. So, right, and if you look to see how most agents spend their day, uh, and I know you have a uh, conference call in three minutes, Julie, so I'm about to wrap. But if you look to see how most agents spend their day, they don't spend hardly maybe 15 to 20 minutes a day doing one of those five activities. Uh, matter of fact, a opportunity to do one of those five activities is something of an occasion, presenting, negotiating a contract. It's, it's an anomaly. It doesn't happen that often. Whereas if you were to focus, uh, again, if you're somebody who has a full-time job, wanting to know how you can transition into real estate, if you can spend uh, a solid hour a day doing the things that one of those five things or all those five things, you will inevitably be more successful in real estate than if you were a dabbler, somebody who considered themselves full-time, that focuses on all the other things, working on your website, Facebooking, tweeting, you know, doing all this other stuff that's not going to put you directly in front of someone who wants to buy or sell a home with you. So we have to wrap for today. I want to sp- uh, thank, as always, our fantastic title sponsors, MojoSells.com. Um, if you're not using Mojo, guys, you really are missing the boat. You do absolutely need to check them out. If you were coaching with us, and a lot of you are, thousands of you are at this point, the first two things we're going to have all of you do is, number one, obviously use the material on our website, Real Estate Coaching Essentials, which is, in essence, your complete real estate system, your listing presentation, your buying presentation, coaching clients, you know what I'm talking about. But then I would also insist that you use MojoSells.com. Because Mojo, at its essence, is the platform for you guys to maintain a daily discipline schedule of things that will get you the results. So MojoSells.com is an absolute must-have for all of you. And the other thing uh, that we always suggest, because frankly it's so affordable and so effective, is 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. 1-800-HOME-HOTLINE.COM. I think it's 35 bucks a month. And when you have listings, or even if you don't have listings, but it's definitely better when you have listings, you can easily generate dozens and dozens of buyer leads for free. So for all of you guys who are spending thousands of dollars with companies like Zillow, wake up, become a listing agent, and learn to generate your own buyer leads. Actually, Julie, that's one of the first things we learned from Rory. If you want yes. buyer leads, just take right. a listing. <laughs> Matter of fact, I know, that's so simple, with, right? I know. I know, but, but it's true, though, right? So you remember one of his favorite sayings was, uh, you have to beat the buyers off the stick when you take one listing. And it's so true. Yeah. And the other thing he used to say, it's funny, we should send this to Rory. The other thing yeah. he used to say is, if you're having a bad day, go take a listing. If you're having That's a exactly good day, what, go take a listing. You just read my mind. Yep. Right. If you're having a good day, go take a listing. If you made money today, go take a listing. Oh, and if you took a listing, go take another one. <laughs> yeah, the answer is always, no matter what your question is in real estate, good, bad, or otherwise, go take another <laughs> listing and then tell me how you feel. And then go take That's another right. one. You know, the funniest right. thing I remember I about him is, is uh, you and I had just had, like, a listing streak, and we were all full of ourselves yeah. one day. You know, just took I remember all that. Four it was out our of first four. year, Julie. It was our first <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, and he goes, he goes, well, obviously you're not going on enough appointments if you're taking all of them. And we were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, and then he stormed off in, you know, Rory style. So that was just so funny. The things we appreciate yeah. about him after the fact are, are just very entertaining, I think. Anyway, yeah, well, so we need to wrap and true. we'll continue this on uh, tomorrow's show. 
We do. So we'll talk with all of you on the radio tomorrow. Remember, if you guys need us for anything, send us an email directly. Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Um, and remember to always do your homework from today's radio show. Re-listen to the show. Share it with many other agents as you can. Help us get the word out that you are in the right place at the right time. Now it's time for you to take the right actions to make this your market. Have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.